The off season is officially here. One would think that means the Sing Second podcast would go away, but not so fast. That's my Lee Corso impression. I don't know if it's better or worse than my Hulk Hogan impression, but both are clearly just, not Whatever good. impressions you do, make sure you interrupt your own impression <laughs> to tell everyone what the impression is. That, that's my new thing, I think, just inter- interrupting my own thing. But again, not so fast. A pandemic couldn't even keep us away. And here we stay. Is that Lee Corso again? Yeah, you know, second time, maybe third time's a charm. Did I, I tell you I talked to Lee Corso one time? In the airport. In the airport. Did I say that on this podcast? I don't think so. Well, you, did, you just did. We were going to <laughs> Disney World and uh, Angie was like, look up, look up. And I thought she was talking about like, I don't know, looking up at airport stuff. I don't know. And I was trying to make sure my phone and everything was off and put away because I was stressed and I was nervous wrecked because I get that way in airports. And then finally I look up and freaking Lee Corso was standing there like when we were going to Disney World. So he was probably going home, standing there to the side. And then uh, everybody's walking. I was like, dang it, man, my phone is off. There's no way I was going to turn it on in time. So I just went over and I was like, hey, coach. And I waved. And then he just looked up and grinned and kind of waved back. That's my Lee Corso story. We had that. We had a moment. Wait while you're. While your phone yeah. like loaded up. Well, I didn't like, want to bring a whole bunch of attention and have people flock to him, you know, because I was like that. But I wanted him to know that I saw him. And had I had it been recently, I'd been like, "Hey, coach, Desmond Howard's a douche. You're way cooler than that guy." But um, <laughs> that was before my hatred towards Desmond Howard. Different times. Sorry. Today we have a special episode for you. It takes college football, pro football in general, and it gives it a cinematic spin. There's been a, there's not been a better sing second episode to grab your Nebraska land snacks, popcorn, cookie dough bites, your favorite drinks, slushies, if you would, and tune into this cinematic adventure. But before we dive deep in our football cinemas, Brandon, what's good? For what's good for me, it kind of goes back to something that Danny had mentioned a few weeks ago about Assassin's Creed. And he was saying how he wanted to play Assassin's Creed. And then that kind of stuck in my mind. And then one day, finally, on the old PlayStation Network, I downloaded Valhalla, which is a pretty good game. Played it last weekend when it was too cold out. I felt like I was a Viking in this cold, in this cold area. And it's, it's pretty therapeutic after a busy week, just going around pillaging places and uh embedding my hatchet into people's skulls and just uh wrecking havoc on everything taking loot and finding gold and all that stuff and and little visions to me from odin come in so i kind of like that tie to to thor a little bit having a connection to thor's dad so uh, Valhalla is good for me. It's been an enjoyable little game for me to play as of late. Yeah, they all look cool, like different historical settings. And I fear I'd be terrible at it because I don't, I don't even know how video games work anymore. But do you get a I, cool ship? You get you some. Get your own ship? I guess uh, we refer to them in the group or whatever, the tribe, what have you. We call them longboats. And uh, yeah, I have some people on the longboat and I just hop on there. And when I want to take command, I could say, hey, 
open up the sail or I could say, hey, paddle. And then uh, when they're paddling, I can make them tell me a story or I can have them sing a song. It says it's real nice. They, they obey very well. And then all of a sudden, one of them will say, hey, look up ahead. This place might have some gold. Should we raid? And I'm like, you guys done right. We should raid. And, and I used to be worried about I don't like stealthy games and having to sneak around. And as, uh, as a true Viking warrior of my, of my nature, you know, I feel like I wouldn't want to be sneaking around and trying to silently take out my targets. I would be stealthy up to a point. And then when I thud down to the ground and they're like, what's that? And then you hear this. And it's like just this hatchet swinging through the air and then embedding into it. So I would be stealthy. And then after that, throw the ax. Everybody turns around and sees me get out my horn. And then everybody's like, yeah, for Odin, for Odin. And uh, that's kind of how it would play out to me. So, yeah. Yeah. Can I, sh- you know what, what's most interesting to me about the long boat what's is that? those boats were way more advanced uh, than anything else in the Middle Ages, anything else that people were sailing on. And they had the ability to sail across the ocean and then they could go up like streams and rivers too. We did so, it all. We did it all. Yeah. Re- so reach was nearly unlimited. Um, could be stealthy if you wanted to, but also fierce enough to just announce that you're coming. You guys know the story of the Berserkers? So there was a group of Vikings called the Berserkers, and they would take drugs before they went into battle, and uh, they would just go crazy. Did they go berserk? Um, chipping out on, on the drugs, and that's where the term going berserk comes from, is the, the Vikings known as the Berserkers. Interesting. So that, that that's why I think the Assassin's Creed games are so interesting, because they're all... They're all historical. I, I. <laughs> I enjoyed your what's good. Thanks. Do you gotta or who's going next? I'm sorry, I forgot already. I I, I can jump in. Um, oh, I, you're gonna kick it back to Andy, and I had a I've had a freaking sixty six percent chance of getting it right. And uh, just say someone's name. I missed it. We'll go. My bad. No, I had a I had an enjoyable Super Bowl Sunday. I don't know if we're going to talk about the actual game or not, but uh, didn't really care who won. I, I kind of wish Kansas City would have maybe changed up their game plan a little bit in the second half to make it a game. But it was it was a fun day with the with the family. Um, we just kind of made it a lounging around, just eating some food. Um, every once in a while, when when we want to get real like loungy at my house, we bring one of the kids' mattresses out. And uh, put it in front of our, we have like an L-shaped couch, you know, and there's the perfect spot for like a little mattress. Just bring out all the pillows and blankets. And we just lounged all day. My, my son, who's in seventh grade, Harper, um, I think, is there a new Godzilla movie that's coming out or just came out? And he was interested in those movies. So I said, well, let's check them out on HBO. And looked like the one that we should watch first was uh skull island kong skull island and we watched that in the in the morning i don't know if it's like if, if it's a re, just the retold story of king kong um i don't actually know the original king kong story but I, but i thought it was quite interesting and looking forward to watching 
Uh, the other two, I think, King Kong, Godzilla movies, whatever they are that are either out or, or coming out, and then watch the game together. So it was yet another, uh, in this pandemic, another nice little little family day. So that's that's what's good for me. Kyle, you, uh, you raised your hand like maybe you decided there's something good going on with you. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think I had anything, just kind of a whole home week, and then you brought up the Super Bowl, which I kind of forgot was just this last weekend. Feels like a long time ago already. And then I remembered that I not I won not only one contest we had, but both contests we had for Super Bowl uh, for the Super Bowl winner. So uh, I had the Bucks and the infamous Leo drawing. So I I won that little contest. That's a little fishy. Then we had now to say is Leo's drawing. I mean. Yeah, I actually think I took got the worst of the four teams in terms of what the odds would have been at the start of the playoffs, and then I uh, then I won the little prop bet competition. So oh whoa 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 you weren't commissioner of the prop bet competition. Those scores have yet to be added. I haven't quite found the time yet to yeah. add those up. So let's not just be jumping to conclusions that oh I won like trying to just I I think your your game here is just claim you won so that I won't actually look and, and add them up and you just claim the victory, but. No, I know I won. And I wanted to make sure that you were aware uh, because one of the props was pretty much what skilled position player would have the most total yards. And most of you guys took Travis Kelsey. Uh, I took Tyreek Hill and neither of them won because <laughs> I actually think with Travis Kelsey's last catch there on that last drive, put him like 133 total yards and Leonard Fournette, if you combine the rushing and the receiving, I think had 145 or like there was like a two yard discrepancy that uh, Leonard Fournette kind of. But didn't it say, didn't it say rushing or receiving yards? It said total yards it combined. Yeah, it said total yards. Again, I'm going to have to go back. Leaving. I'm going to have to go back and. Figure that out and add all that up. Not I just take your remember, word for it. I do remember that we also, just to make things more interesting, for the MVP had to pick a non-quarterback. And then when I looked at Danny Sheet, he clearly yeah. picked Tom Brady. <laughs> I don't know what I, I – we did decide that, and I actually – I did a big family thing with those same prop bets, so I just used my sh same sheet for both of them. So I was – hoping that didn't come into play, but um, if it helps me to have Tom Brady, I'm definitely going to give myself the two points for that. I don't think it was enough, honestly. And I will just, just say that right now, currently for the listeners, so you know, I owe Kyle still one burrito. I was two down, still owe him one. So Kyle, you got a burrito coming sometime. Apparently I owe him $5 for the Leo bet and possibly another five for the, uh, for the prop bets. So even though he was terrible at fantasy football um, and I got second place in the league, he's, he's having a little comeback here on me. So good job, Kyle. Thank you. Your I appreciate it. Is, your wisdom is growing, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Andy, what do you got? With the ego. Well, what's good, uh, Danny last week mentioned a new podcast that was coming out, uh, the Nebraska Land Bank podcast. Uh, our, our sponsors are putting out a podcast. 
uh, they said like every other Monday, but they already have three podcasts out and it's only been one Monday. So it's been this crazy time warp or something goofy going on, but they have three podcasts out. I've listened to two of them. Um, and it's been awesome so far. Ty and Danielle do a great job. Um, it's based around North Platte and the surrounding areas and, uh, different businesses, people who, um, you'd see or have moved in and it's just been really good. The first episode was about Hirschfields. And so, uh, a business that's been here over a hundred years Jeez. and how it's changed throughout, uh, two pandemics survived two pandemics that, uh, that building and that, that store has. And so it's just kind of cool, um, as being an outsider to North Platte, like all of us technically are, um, just learn, learn a little bit about the history of, of North Platte. And so, um, you know, they've, they've come out with three episodes and it's been, it's been a good little addition to the 15 other podcasts I listen to on a weekly basis. I did, I did start listening to, I, I think it was a third episode, but yeah, you're right. I'm guessing they maybe record multiple episodes in, in, in Monday, but it was the one about the mall guys. And I was curious to find out what's, what's going on with our mall. So I was at school, I was, I was grading some papers. I had the podcast on. Um, and they were actually talking, they were making Ty and Danielle were making their Super Bowl picks. And I do want to give Ty a shout out because he kind of nailed it. Like he had, he had the bucks. He gave three reasons why he thought they would win. And he was pretty accurate on all of it. Makes me wonder if maybe he just slipped that in and, and added that on the recording after Sunday, uh, to make him seem like he's got a little extra wisdom, but, uh, and it sounded like his, his group, uh, the loan group was going to get a, a breakfast out of the deal. So way to go, Ty. Um, but then I got a text about maybe 10 minutes into that episode uh, from the guy that I coach with asking me if I was going to get on the bus. Um, and it turns out I missed the bus to our game that we had today <laughs> uh, because I was, I was so enthralled with the Nebraska land podcast. So good job guys. Uh, you were, you were so interesting and well-spoken. Uh, that it caused me to uh, to miss my coaching duty of getting on the school bus. Luckily, the game was just on the other side of town, so I went down to the parking lot, hopped in my vehicle, and drove over there. Got there about the time that the team did. But uh, you know, good podcast. I'm I'm interested to to see what else they bring. Now, now, Danny, if if a, a student misses the bus, they're not allowed to hop in their car or have a parent drive them and still be eligible to play. So how Not are you still eligible to coach? I just. I have a college degree. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I always tell kids. And they want to like do stuff that they're not supposed to. I'm like, well, as soon as you get a college degree, come back and you can, uh, you can open up that soda in the back of my room if you'd like to. But no, just drove over there. <laughs> just drove over we didn't there. Play, we didn't play very good today either. Just throw that in there. It's swinging oh, into the season, but um Good group of kids. Good group of kids. And that's what matters, right, folks? That's yeah. what matters. But what you've all come for, the meat and potatoes of tonight, our cinematic adventure into the realm of football. Brandon, we're going to start with you. Well, did you explain, like, what we're doing here? Or are we just hey, yeah. going to unveil it as well, we go? Well, Brandon, it's Brandon's idea, so I, I thought he could kind of give us an intro there, to but... it. <laughs> Okay. Just movies. Just movies. Just movies. So, uh, I guess a little background story here. Not really a little background story, but 
we were just thinking of ideas. And so I thought, well, what if, you know, there's movies like Rudy and Invincible and Brian's song and all that. And we even had like a vote last year on social media, like what's your favorite uh, football movie? And a lot of the ones shared with us, I totally disagreed with. I didn't think they were that great, but, but whatever. I appreciated the, uh, the effort from you all, from all you listeners. <laughs> so we kidding. finally get some feedback and you're like, yeah. <laughs> No, oh, they were crap. they were all good. I'm just kidding around. <laughs> but uh, I thought, well, what if we thought of some instances where they should make a movie about a football player or a team or whatever, and then um, that's what we're going with. So, <laughs> then uh, that leads us to the podcast, which happened today, and we opened up the podcast talking about uh, Vikings and in our furniture store mentioned in a podcast of a, of a neighborhood podcast with us. And then Andy kicked it to me. And that's, that's like in the movies right there where they're like, you wonder how I got in this situation. And uh, I just did it right there. You know, we we're back to where we are now. And then it's like, Oh yeah, I totally forgot. This is where the movie started. And then, now we're back to it. So now I know what's going on. This isn't so weird anymore. It makes all the sense. So my I movie now have no clue what's going on. <laughs> yeah, no. yeah, sorry. So uh, my idea, obviously, I have one team that I'm going to be making a movie about, but it's not going to be about what you think. It's going to be about the Philadelphia Eagles, of course, of course. But it's not going to be about their Super Bowl year. It's something that was kind of impactful where they pretty much saved football, boosted morale for America, uh, did a lot, of, a lot of good things. And this was in 1943. Uh, oh. World War II was going on. Uh, you're going to talk about when Trump saved football, but no, no, this, this is, is way the Eagles. Before that. This is the Eagles saving oh, football. Okay. 1943, even before Nebraska saved football, you know, for the Big Ten. <laughs> Uh, people were fighting in wars and all this stuff and NFL teams didn't have like a lot of good players left because all the people that were probably athletic and not legally blind and didn't sleepwalk or all those crazy things. They were, they were over fighting for our country and everybody left was like, well, should we still play football? And people thought they should, the government, said yeah not only that but you're also going to work like for the effort you know making bullets and whatnot whatever whatever danny could tell you more about that kind of stuff i'm not a history expert they were making bullets definitely awesome awesome so uh you know that was going on well philadelphia didn't have that many players left pittsburgh steelers didn't have that many players left they only had six left eagles had had more than that and like before the year before Rooney was like, I kind of want to combine teams with Philadelphia and Philadelphia was like, screw you guys. You guys are terrible. Like the, the Eagles were very bad at that time. But so are the Steelers. And they said, we're not going to do that. One year later, they're like, okay, we don't have enough players. You can join our team, but here's the condition. We're going to be playing in Philadelphia and we're going to be called the Philadelphia Eagles. And he's like, no, you're not. And they're like, okay, then I guess we don't have a team. And he's like, okay, we will. So they decided to do that. And uh, for 1943, they had the Phil Pitt Steagles people, the writer, a writer from Pittsburgh uh, 
nicknamed them the Steagles. And they wore the green and white jerseys. Uh, they wore the Steelers pants and then yellow socks. So it was the only time, it was like one of two years where the Steelers didn't wear their traditional just black and, and yellow or whatever. They wore green one other year too. But uh, they, they were the Steagles and they rallied together. And um, they actually had two head coaches that played or that uh, that coach one. Yeah, Greasy Neal, who was the head coach of the Eagles when they when they won their championships later in 48 and 49. And then uh, whoever uh, Walt Kisling Kiesling was of the Steelers and they were both the co-head coaches. And one of them was supposed to be like in charge of the offense. And one of them was supposed to get in charge of the defense. But whenever one would call a play, the other one would argue and say, it's never going to work. And they said like every game, things almost came to blows and practice things almost came, you know, getting into fist fights and all that stuff. And uh, it was kind of a crazy situation, but uh, basically they, they made it through it. They go through and play a season. Uh, they finished five, four and one which was the first winning season in Philadelphia Eagles history. And uh, it almost didn't come to be the vote uh, for the league said it only passed at five to four, weirdly enough for their record too, <laughs> but uh, five to four. And they said it would be because it's uh, it would be an advantage for that team. And they were like, dude, we're the two worst teams in the NFL. What are you talking about? It came down to the last game. If they would have beat the Packers, uh, they would have ended up being in the playoffs and, and doing that. And they, they played the Packers pretty tough, but obviously didn't get it done. But I think that would have been a cool movie. Uh, just uh, have the dynamic between the two coaches and, you know, these two teams that ended up, you know, practicing, I think closer to Philadelphia. And they did play a couple games over in Pittsburgh. Uh, they decide, decide to let them have a few, but I think that would have been like, a cool movie to to make a about a, a team the steagles i want to steal a little, I, little drama I, yeah a little comedy probably too with the yeah. interaction between the coaches i think so how does that how does a movie like that end though because it like it's not like the triumphant end they didn't win the super bowl or something like that you know i think and i don't can... think there's a sequel to set up not really. You know, you just talk about, yeah, this team barely got it done. And then like the, you could talk about some of the players like Bucko Kilroy was a really good offensive lineman who many said was like what historically one of the most dirty players in the, in the NFL. And uh, he's kind of a character and uh, you could, you could talk about him and his career. The Eagles would end up the next season getting uh, Steve Van Buren, uh, from the running back who, who's a hall of famer and ended up being a, probably their best running back of all time, actually. And so, you know, they could say, yeah, so this, they were bad, this thing came to be. And, and then it's kind of like at the end of the movie replacements where they're like, at the end, there was no victory party. There was no whatever, you know, but. But I bet you there was some lasting friendships. I'll bet so lasting friendships and like gave America like kind of now, you know, with all the COVID crap and all that, you know, just having sports when that first came back, this would have been like people stressed about the war and, and all that. And then just 
having football on Sundays being like, thank God, man, we got something to watch that is not the worst news all the time, you know, to take our minds off of it. So that's true. That's you my, know my favorite thing about some of those movies are, I know you just watched uh, on the bus the other day, glory road that mm-hmm. basketball movie about uh, UTEP or whatever it was called back then. Um, but I always look forward to at the end when they show the, the, the real pictures of the characters yeah what they really look like and then set and then it tells like what they went on to do or like, <laughs> the cutaways oh, got yeah i love that at the end i don't know i, how this, I love it but there's always like the one depressing one where like this guy <laughs> actually kind of just turned into a raging alcoholic and he took his own life a few years later and he, yeah. and he was you know died in poverty which is always kind of sad but I, I was just curious and i don't know if you guys do this but when you're watching a movie or like reading a book that's based on real events. I always end up going to Wikipedia and reading stuff about it, like during the movie, or I go online and try to see what the people really look look like. So for some reason at the end, I just, I look forward to like, what are they up to now? Yeah, that's, I, and we were talking about TikTok the other, last week when Ellis was in there. That's actually kind of like a, a popular TikTok trend is like people will make up these things and it's about the end of all like, sports movies when they do like they're doing the dancing and then all of a sudden it's a freeze frame and they show it they always use the uh, the music from coach carter when the coach carter part of it does it uh but it kind of brings me up we were talking in class the other day because i i have a student that had surgery on her arm and she she thought she might have to have her arm like positioned like the henry rowan garner and so we were talking about that and we were joking and I kept playing the uh, the part in the movie where his arms in the cast and everybody's like, hi, Henry, bye, Henry. And so we were talking about that and some like another kid like, like, oh, yeah, I remember watching that. And I was trying to convince this class that it was based on a true story. <laughs> and they're like, no, it wasn't. It's was like, yeah, it was. It's based like I can't believe you guys haven't heard about it. And then, like, another student, and I think they did it by accident, but, like, Googled it, and instead of bringing up Rookie of the Year, which is clearly not based on a true story, the rookie with uh, Dennis Quaid, like, <laughs> popped up. It's like, oh, my God, it says it right here. It's based on a true story. So half of the class might actually think that uh, a kid who broke his arm pitched in the, in the World Series. Perfectly done. But now, anyway. Brandon, in, in, in terms of your movie, though, okay, and, and we probably should have started with this because all movie ideas need to start with an elevator pitch. Okay, so it, we're kind of going in reverse order, but how would you describe this movie in 10 to 20 seconds when you're trying to elevator pitch it? All right, I would say, um, historical team building movie where two teams opposite ends of the state that dislike each other come together, uh, play football to make people have something else to think about during world war two and, and the shenanigans and the good times and the debacles that it brings. I, I, that's all I could really think of for right now. Real, short pretty there. good just off the cuff there 
Yeah. So it's. Do we think? Do we like the name Steagles? I, I remember the Titans meets kind of Invincible meets. Maybe like Leatherheads a little bit, you know. From, okay. You know, because yeah. where that that same kind of. I mean, that was a little before, but the same kind of era, you know. Yeah. Can you throw out a, a name of another movie when you're trying to pitch your movie? I feel like you want yeah, that, to avoid but, that. Well, no, that's like, that's how they kind of describe like, hey, I got this idea and it's like the Matrix meets Shrek. And that's like the perfect combination of my movie. And it's just a way to kind of get people to visualize like, and it's a way to, to put your movie idea in the midst or like in the company of two other really popular movies. Cause then they're like, Oh wow. If that's what your movie is, both of those made a lot, lot of money. So maybe this will make a lot of money. So we probably ought to talk uh, actors in my mind and what you described. I think the, the two coaches are some of the biggest roles. Am I wrong on that? I would, I would say that'd be an accurate statement. So who do we want as the coaches? I don't know. Younger, I, older. I would say kind of little older and both like old school, you know, both kind of old school, but maybe to the point and like just both almost like I want to say grumpy old man meets grumpy old man. Sort of like, you know what I mean? Type of. Yeah, I don't know enough actors to be able to throw names. I tried out, to but. think of a few, and I tried to think of somebody who would be a good Bucko Kilroy because I don't know. I just watching highlights of his from like Eagles documentaries and his interviews from when he was alive. He really did seem pretty ornery, and like he was probably a jerk to play against. Like there was, there was this one highlight where you know he somehow something came, the ball got loose, he gets the ball his helmets off and the other team hated him so much. You could see them like trying to punch his head and trying to hit his head with the helmet and uh, do all this stuff just cause they were like, this guy's so cheap. Like they didn't even have any remorse at all trying to take this guy out during the game. And so you're thinking like from the program, like a guy like Latimer who just over the top crazy. And I, except for like, he, I don't know, like he wasn't, that intense you know okay. he just i don't know he's like when he would talk about stuff he would just kind of laugh and giggle about it you know like he just seemed like i don't know it's a, i don't know he just seemed like a real interesting character after the pod or if any of you listeners look up buck O'Kilroy eagles highlights or interviews and and if you're into old football and you know from a different era where things were a little different uh, i think i think you'll like you would want to have that guy as being a part of your team's history, you know, maybe a little frustrating to watch live, but looking back, I think you would reminisce about it pretty well. When they do like the throwback uniforms or, or has there in, ever been any Steagles references so, in any throwbacks? No. And guess what? On the 75th year anniversary or something like that, or I don't remember what it was. It was kind of a big one. I even wrote to both PR departments, like going into that year, right when I saw the Steelers were playing, I was like, Hey, you can even take all the credit of this idea and, and all this stuff, but we're playing this team. How about one team where the home Steagles, the other team 
be the away Steagles, have the programs be like kind of from that era and, and do that kind of stuff. And no reply, no thanks. That was the worst idea I ever heard in my entire life. Total no reply. And they didn't do the idea. And I'm like, dude, how could you, how could you miss that? So Steelers and Eagles, your PR people from back whenever that was, they suck, man. Like you really missed an opportunity. You could have sold some throwback jerseys. You could have sold some cool gear. You could have done a lot of cool things with that. And you freaking blew it. So it does seem like a merchandising opportunity. Geez. Like so people even even like hoodies and stuff. I get NFL is really weird about their uniforms and all the rules yeah. they have with their uniforms, but even even just fan gear seems like a it's cool really opportunity. like give people what they want and they'll buy it. And they're like, or we can just not and I guess they'll buy it anyway, you know. But what happens when like a year down the road this movie's actually produced by but we have nothing to do with it. Oh, I I would be the first in line to watch it. I'd be so I want I don't need, I just want somebody to make it. Like I've put some thought into this in the in the past like what would be cool? Would it be best to make a documentary of it cuz I've they have like a real short thing from NFL films that they made about it. It it's nice. It's a good little piece. But I want to see like a documentary or but preferably like a movie where I can go in and when I'm done I'm like god dang it man those Eagles, those sons of guns, they helped out America a little bit. They were playing games and making long boats to go across the ocean to take out the Germans and the Nazis. Yeah, if you throw in some, like, if you get a good dose of the war stuff in that movie too, like, it's got yeah. ele- it's got the historical element, it's got the drama, People, it's got the could- sports. It'd be a good video to play to your students before Christmas break or something, you know, like a little historical, little sport kind of stuff in there. Like, yeah, I think it could be a, like, probably not an award-winning thing, but I think it would be a fun movie that people would be like, yeah, when it's on TV, they'd be like, yeah, I'll watch that. It starts with a good script, man. So if you need to take off and get to uh, script writing. Might get on that. Free. Might just keep a notebook in the bathroom, and then uh, just when I'm going from time to time, is when my mind is clear. You, you know, in movies and stuff, when someone wakes up in the middle of the night with a great idea, they just roll over and they grab the notepad by the side of their bed. Yeah. Have you ever had an idea that gets you like just waking up, and then you actually go find a notepad and a and a pencil because i always have these great ideas i'm like yep tomorrow probably gonna think about that some more and maybe write that down most of the time like most of the time i'll remember these ideas and i'll wake up and i'm like this oh my god this is the greatest thing and then the next morning kind of when i wake up all the way and i think of that idea i'm like that doesn't even freaking make sense like what was (laughs) i even what you know that's kind of like the bat, I wish I forgot some of them because it's just like, it's embarrassing. <laughs> I do that all the time. And I will spend like, wake up in the middle of the night and it seems like I'm spending like an hour, like mulling over this idea and getting like all the fine points of it. And I'm going to say this and do this and it's going to look like this. And then same thing, like the next day I'll be like at work or something and I'll start thinking about the idea. And like, 
I spent way too much time thinking about that because it's really stupid. And I'm never going to do that. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I do. That's most of mine. Like, unfortunately, I remember them and then re- think of how bad they were. <laughs> Not this movie, though. I like it. It's good Thanks. stuff. Thanks. Uh, Kyle, you want to? Are you ready yeah. for your movie? So I, I didn't know. If, I didn't know if Danny had, had thought of one yet. I know he was a little confused on what the process was going to be tonight. Okay, to be honest, usually when we come up with the ideas for the podcast, there's like a long thread of emails, and we like mull over ideas, and we go back and forth. And I, I, I like barely scan the, the Brandon's idea, and I saw it said something about movies, and I just hit delete, assuming that there'd be more emails to come where we like refined the ideas and I actually didn't think of it again so um I just want to like a 20 minute documentary about when when Mike Riley lived in the embassy suites I just really have a lot of questions about uh, a football coach living in the penthouse of a sort of nice hotel downtown Lincoln we don't even have to discuss that idea I just if anyone has any information um, about what Mike Riley's life was living in the embassy suites I want to know like when the guy was living in the airport, but it's Mike Riley. And maybe, you know what I, what was that movie? Tom Hanks. Uh, Terminal. Called? Yeah. yeah. Terminal. Maybe I envision it would be something like that where then he's eating yeah, I, just with ketchup on him and stuff. You never heard of anyone saying like, yeah. I, yeah, I was there on a Tuesday and down at breakfast, Mike Riley was eating those kind of crappy <laughs> biscuits and gravy. And he got, yeah, he, got a he was in the omelet like, line. <laughs> Him and, and that's I, the only guy the omelet guy would talk to is Mike Riley. Yeah. Everybody else he no hated. One saw him walking through the walking through the hotel or going like did he have his own yeah. elevator? Did he leave like use like the service elevator? What did the room look like? Yeah, like I've been in some of like the, the suites, the actual like rooms that are supposed to be nice suites, and they're not really any better than the other rooms. So did he have a really sweet room that we don't know about? Like a lot of questions, and I would just I, how I often did he go that. down to happy hour if and then yeah. when he did go down to happy hour what what was his order did mm-hmm. he tip well and the take the, the like room service food isn't very good there it's just kind of standard so did he eat there every day did he walk over to misty's and have a nice steak dinner i think of did him as a bargain there? guy like cheapest room took the stairs to not waste the electricity of the hotel drank iced tea for happy hour and then uh, would go down and get a good breakfast in the morning and then and did you guys ever hear the thing about how his wife had like super weird bad allergies so they did move into a house but then her allergies got so bad that they couldn't live in that house so then that's i think why they lived in the hotel so there was that whole aspect to it also wow yeah should have checked that out before they moved here from oregon god dang yeah i asked a lot of questions corn pollen probably corn no one seemed to know anything about it but that's all i got just workshopping a little bit i like it all right so so here's mine move on and and i'm i'm changing it a little bit because it's just the trend in in the world these days where it my idea is you can't confine it down to a 90 minute movie so we're going to make it like a eight to 10 episode, like series, little Netflix series, if you will. Okay. It's got to be HBO or Netflix. One that gives you a little bit more freedom in terms of 
what it can show and what the topics will be. Uh, and, and my elevator so pitch. It's more here, than it's more than like brief nudity or what? No, well, just it's got to you got to be able to drop some some colorful language. Uh, maybe there'll be some racy scenes, a little drug use, probably. <laughs> a little drug use. <laughs> and so, uh, is this, the, this is the story of when Kyle Milton played college football on PS2 <laughs> <Yeah. too. laughs> his freshman well, then, year in college. Well, first of all, it was Xbox 360, and okay. I, usually that never acquired during that point in my life much nudity either, so uh <laughs> but no uh my well, elevator pitch drug would, use or raciness yeah none of that either uh so <laughs> if have any of you guys seen like the new series it's on like the cw called all american has any of you guys have you guys seen that not just the, the commercial yeah yeah so that show is about a high school kid from uh, I think it's Crenshaw or Compton, California. I, I'm not sure, but he goes to the inner cities. He's a really good football player, and they convince him to go to like a, a rich public school. But anyways, my my idea would be that TV show crossed with Friday Night Lights, but it's about a, a college team. And the college team that this, uh, this year-long saga would be about, any ideas? Nebraska. No, the 2008 Florida Gators, and the and the TV show would be kind of built around Tim Tebow and how uh, he was just kind of holier holier than thou, just the all American person who was just by any story that you read, just like the world's greatest citizen in college. Okay, just. Uh, just an awesome dude to be around. And then the show week in and week out would then just kind of show the craziness that was surrounding him in terms of you had the Pouncey brothers who were always getting into fights. You had Percy Harvin, you had Aaron Hernandez on that team, which we all know how that ended. You have Urban Meyer, who is uh, kind of making his deal with the devil. And I just think that when you look back at that team, and how insane that everything that you've heard come out of that or like the those players now as adults, how much trouble they've gotten into. Like I can only imagine that the year surrounding that team would have been an absolute movie. And so uh, the idea kind of came across when we, we watched this. I remember reading an article not too long ago uh, and it said, and I'm just going to read it so I get the numbers right. There's a report that 41 members of Florida's 2008 national title team at some point in their life have been arrested. And then it starts off by saying, I, I got to find the, the total number of, of players here. So it, it was like something like the team started with like 120 players and 41 of them at some point uh, in their life, some while they were at Florida, others post-college have been arrested. So I can only imagine that some of those seeds were, were there in college. So I think you could have an entertaining show with some comedy, with some, like I said, with a lot of the stuff that you would need Netflix and or HBO to kind of be able to put out. And 
I just, I think it would be an awesome show and all of it would be built around then always coming back to Tim Tebow and him kind of being uh, the guy with the magic wand that can kind of make all of these things go away or all this craziness has happened. But then because they have him on their team, game day was, was exactly what it needed to be. And it has the perfect ending of them actually winning the national championship. So I, I have a lot of questions about that because you're right. There are hundred storylines that you could go with, but uh, Urban Meyer wrote a book about that national championship called above the line. And he goes through like this code that his team has to be, has to live by and like all the requirements and that your behaviors should always be above the line. You guys probably all know, and maybe have even read that. So do you think that, he really did have that big of an impact on everyone that they were living above the line and all their behaviors were above the line the whole time they were there. Or do you think that he really is um, a giant fraud and a lot of that stuff was just overlooked, you know, swept under the rug, that sort of thing. I think in terms of that, his mindset would probably be, yeah, they were always above the line, but he only looked at it from, in the football offices, on the football field, and anything football related. And then anything beyond that, he would have said, when they're with me, when they're under my supervision, everything is above the line. So did was being part of that football program then, did that have a positive impact on those players' lives or no? And I'm thinking kind of in terms of your movie, too. So is there any of that where, like, lives are improved because they are part of this? Or yeah. is it just I, I think that the two main characters would, would definitely be Tim Tebow and Urban Meyer and kind of the, the push and pull of the, the outside life and then the football life uh, and how all of the other supporting actors were impacted by it. I'd say a lot were not improved just for that kind of culture about it at the time. And thinking about your post-credit scene, Danny, a real freaking downer. Like, uh, you know, like maybe just go to the trophy celebration on the field for the post-credits on that one. So, And you saying it ends with that national championship or does it go beyond that? Or you, or is just this the first season? Because you could literally, so, you could extend that out for yeah another fifteen years. And, and so, like the reason why I call it Friday Night Lights is because obviously the 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 movie Friday Night Lights came out, and obviously they took some liberties with it. But like for, the movie was supposed to cover what the actual team was, what the book was about, and then the TV show was just kind of like building a universe off of that. And so, like I would say, season one, you could kind of just stick to that season, the ups and the downs and everything that they've kind of gone through uh, during that season with the ending being the national championship game. Because in the series, Friday Night Lights, uh, the, the season finale is that na- or the state championship game. So, and then after that, if it was a, a good enough show, then you could kind of build off of it and you could have some of the players coming back and kind of intertwine their real lives and then have season two, three, and four. 
So a question, another question. Um, Cause I I'm into this and you, you seem to have thought a lot about it. How much football action do we have to see or can it be predominantly the relationships and sort of the drama? Because I don't know if you guys are, are like me at all, but sometimes when you get, when, when those shows actually get to the football action or the sports action, I kind of find it boring and predictable. I hate it when they use like uniforms that aren't authentic or when yeah. the, the, the actors obviously can't play the sports and it's just not real at all. I almost end up fast forwarding through it. So I would be all about this if it was 80% the relationships and 20% football. But if it was like 50-50, I don't know if I'd be down with reliving the, the Florida Gators and, and all no, the games of the season that they played when they won that championship. De- definitely not. Like, I I don't think you would need to know what the score was against Tennessee or anything like that. Like, it would be uh, a human interest story. And I always think it would be – it's a lot easier for, like, the actual football scenes for that to be at practice because it's a lot more confined. You can show little drills and little cuts of everything uh, because yeah, trying to, to make a football scene actually look real is, is darn near impossible. So no, definitely more of the, the human interest story. Uh, I would, I'd say it'd even be closer to 90, 10 in terms of football. Can we get by without having to, having to recreate a Tim Tebow jump past? Yeah, I, it, it would be hard to, to try to, to cast him. Uh, just that was going to be my next question. So who plays Tebow and who plays Urban Meyer? Because I think Tebow would sign up just to play himself, and he'd love to go back and relive oh, all that. Definitely. Uh, Tebow would be tough because you need kind of a, a strong-looking dude, kind of a, a stocky, strong dude. And I don't know if those really grow on trees like – in terms of just looks, and I know this guy would be way smaller in terms of height, but in terms of looks and build, like Zach Efron, I think could could pull off a, a, a Tebow, but obviously Tim Tebow is probably like six four, probably, and Zach Efron might be five eight. So I don't know how that how that all works, but camera angles they'll shoot it from different angles. Yeah. So I don't know. Urban Meyer, I think a lot of a lot of guys could probably play Urban Meyer pretty well. All the actors I know are from like the early two thousands. So, yeah. Freddie Prince Junior. Do you think he <laughs> <laughs> didn't he play, didn't he do some movie where he was an athlete? Uh, yeah, he's a baseball he, he player. Baseball. So, uh, oh, summer summer, league, summer catch, summer yeah. catch. And then he was a. Uh, I don't know if you ever got to see him play football, but in uh, uh, She's All That, uh, he was like the popular guy always wearing the Letterman's jacket. That stuff just is so fake. It's hard to, it's hard to watch. Yeah. Are oh, you yeah. guys, are you guys with me on or or not? Like, do you like the the movies that I didn't watch? The Safety, the the one about Clemson, because I just felt like it was going to be a lot of football action. I like the ones where it's like. Uh, was it was that Friday Night Lights where they had the football players come in and do the camp for the movie? Yeah, like I I do think a lot of them will do that. And like I and they made like a real big deal like about trying to make it like more authentic or whatever. I know like 
but I don't, I'm kind of with you on that. I don't really, as much as I would like to see, like I, when I watch those movies, I'm like, man, I wish I would have seen a couple more cool plays. But then when you watch them, it's always something where the camera's just up really close and you see a collision, you know, and, and they exaggerate the, the really slowing down and then really speeding up and, you know, for that kind of stuff, it kind of bothers yeah. me watching it a little bit. I agree. I feel like that's why I haven't seen a lot of sports movies. Like I, if there's one like category I don't watch, it's sports. Not because the stories aren't awesome. Like I think of Glory Road and I don't remember anything about the sports, kind of like you were saying earlier, Danny, about that 80-20 or even kind of 90-10. But like, I just, like I could read about the sports story and I feel like I get just as much as watching it and then to see that fakeness i always just think of like freaking high school musical and how they're just the worst basketball players and like none of them look like they could do anything with the ball and i just want to turn it off have you guys ever seen they show clip they show this thing all the time but it was some commercial where this guy is supposed to be the stud quarterback and his girlfriend of course is the cheerleader is right next to him and he's like just having some catch you know just warming up throwing the football and it's the worst (laughs) football throwing form you could ever see and that's just what comes to mind when that's why brandon mentioned invincible earlier and i haven't even seen that probably probably for that reason when i was younger i was more into it like with uh the program remember that football movie the program and uh i don't know some of the stuff like within with invincible and like also with uh rudy at least like a lot of this stuff is like training camp and practice, you know, so it's like yeah. drill stuff. So it doesn't look too awkward, but on invincible, like with the game action, it's like, what Rudy's game action is actually kind of good. You know, they don't show a lot, but like, you're just kind of like, get him, Rudy, if it, it, get him, Rudy. If it's, if it's old enough, like, like your Steagles movie, like from the forties, I feel like I just assume all sports in the forties were kind of just awkward, like not really that great. So it's almost like you could pull that off better showing yeah. that action than if you were going to try to show like 2008 action. Cause we have too good of an idea of like what the uniforms look like and what the players really look like, what the atmosphere was like. But if you go back to the forties, it's all black and white and you kind of just yeah. assume that it's probably pretty accurate. And then put into it that it's not even the people who would normally be starting regularly because any, you know, everybody else was soldiers, you know, so. I have another one before, before we get to Andy's. I, every time I see Ben Roethlisberger playing football, I think of one actor and one actor only, Will Ferrell. For some reason, it looked, you just, it looks like Will Ferrell running around there playing quarterback. So at some point I'd like to see a, yeah, a Will Ferrell playing quarterback movie. He's done about every other kind of sporty character or different characters, but, you know, I like it, Kyle. I think throwing a, the idea out there of having a limited series that you could possibly build off of, that's a that's a winner. Yep. <laughs> would it be a bin? Like, would you release all the episodes right away or would you release one per week? No, I would release them all just because that's yes. kind of how I, I watch. I watch them now, so I almost have to now. Awesome, yeah. nobody waits. It almost turns into like a ten-hour movie instead of a season. But we're two for two plus my just my spitballing idea about Mike Riley. So I'm going to say we're three for three, which means there's a lot of uh, 
a lot of pressure on Coach Butler. Well, there's a reason why I wanted to go last is because I wanted to bring this thing down to the floor because it's not going to be a very good idea. I have a feeling you guys aren't going to like this. Um, cool. But I wrote out this nice little deal, and I'm just going to read. So no interruptions, please. Um, Way to sell me yourself, Andy. Hey. You can't say no interruptions and expect all three of us to <laughs> sit here and not interrupt. Especially when we're looking at three pages of writing. <laughs> is that well, handwritten, by the way? Just, just you politely, you wrote it just, out. Just politely raise your hand, and I'll call on you. Okay. So this movie, the last I like time to... anyone hand wrote an entire page of something. That's how I do Brandon, all my have you, scripts. Have you handwritten more than a page of anything in the last like ten years? Or Kyle? maybe not. Maybe not the last ten years combined. <laughs> <laughs> well, my penmanship is impeccable. Thanks, Danny. Um, but I like to fudge the rules, smudge the lines. And so when Brandon came up with this idea, there's one story that popped in my head and it had already been written, 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 right. Um, so Andy's idea is so good, it's somebody else's. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what life's all about, is just stealing ideas. But the movie, again, has already been foretold, but it's not been attributed to its factual person. In fact, it doesn't start long, long ago in a world far, far away. The Oxford Dictionary defines the literary term allegory as a story that can be interrupted, interpreted, interrupted, much like I'm sure you guys want to do, uh, interpreted to reveal a hidden meaning. The Star Wars franchise has run rampant, creating a whole universe of stories since its creation in 1977. However, the creation of the expansive universe deters from the truth. Nick Saban is Anakin Skywalker. Andy's telling us he invented Star Wars. <laughs> My alias is George Lucas, but you know, whatever. Um, George Lucas knew of Nick Saban's rise and turned evil and prophesied through the story of Darth Vader. First off, Anakin is found on Tatooine, a.k.a. Kent State. Um, a.k.a. Quite- Tatooine. Is that what it is, Tatooine? I don't know. <laughs> I've heard it pronounced, but I read it and I couldn't figure it out. Uh, by Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi. His strengths are noticed in various points, becoming the linebacker coach at Syracuse, West Virginia, Ohio State, and Michigan State. Then comes the famous scene in The Phantom Menace with the pod racers. And he wins his freedom and gets his head, sh- head coaching shot at Toledo. He goes nine and two in that first season and wins the pod race and his freedom. The Jedi's pluck Anakin, AKA Nick Saban to the NFL, uh, becoming a defensive coordinator for the Cleveland Browns after winning that freedom. But then come the Clone Wars. It all is a part of the master plan. It's step one. Both sides are controlled by the Sith Lord. Saban at this point is leading the charge for the Spartans of Michigan State. Anakin fights and kills Doku, taking down number one, Ohio State. This leads to the uh, freeing of Chancellor Palpatine. Palpatine makes Anakin the head coach of LSU, his first taste of the dark side. During this time, Saban wins a national championship as Palpatine kills Mace Windu. The Clone Wars end with Saban in the NFL with the Miami Dolphins. Anakin fights Obi-Wan at Mustafar and loses both legs and one arm, basically meaning a 15 and 17 record with the Miami Dolphins, where a lot of careers go and die. You know, Adam Gase, 
every other coach that's been there the last, you know, 10 years or so. But this is the point of no return. Is Vader's in surgery and he gets his mechanical limbs. He gets that famous straw hat. The Empire has been full-fledged attack mode ever since. But we are waiting for our Luke. Is it Dabo? That's Dabo Sweeney. Did. <laughs> is it Lane Kiffin? Which is weird because that would make uh, Nick Saban also Yoda. That'd be kind of weird. Um, is it Mario Cristobal? Kirby Smart. Again, making Nick Saban Yoda. Or could it be Ryan Day? Which makes Urban Saban Meyer to be Kiffin's Yoda. dad. Start. <laughs> but anyway, so there I have it. Nick Saban equals Anakin Skywalker. Best movie ever. George Lucas prophesized it. Game, set, match. Is Anakin Skywalker the one that becomes Darth Vader? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, can First of all, I, would, I just want Kiffin to be Luke Skywalker then. Because I think First that's of all, funny. you left out the the third trilogy here. Like, wow, there's no mention really, of Rey. You're really following along with all that? And like my first comment was like, you guys were, you know, how you guys were just talking about how you had these really great ideas at, in the middle of the night and you wish you would write, write them down. And then Brandon follows that up by saying, then the next morning I read through my notes and then realize maybe it wasn't such a great idea. I did think you had that good of an idea, Kyle. I didn't want to follow you after you started. No, I think it was interesting. I was just like, I recently, just with all the, the COVID stuff, have just watched every Star Wars from start to finish. And I was just like, I'm, I'm kind of trying to become a Star Wars fan. And I was just like, there's some plot holes missing. There's some storylines that were missing. Oh, yeah. Here's the problem it's- that I have with movies and books. Because we did, me and my sons, we watched all the Star Wars. And just and, so you and- know, Lane Kiffin is probably more like Jar Jar Binks, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> i actually my what i was gonna say is i don't even recognize any of the names he said and i don't remember what happened in any of the movies but i sit there and i pay attention i watch them all and then i just like forget what happened but if you're telling me nick saban is darth vader get on board right yeah yeah and the the sec is the the uh, the evil empire and it turns out the jedis are the nfl like, I, I didn't start with that in mind, but I think that's kind of where it ended up, was the Jedis or the NFL. I think if you could take that paper that you made and you could type that into, like, the screen crawl of the text, like, floating backwards through space, so I could read it in that manner and then, like, have the Star Wars song behind it, that would really drive home the concept, you know? And then once it's done, then it pans down to, like, Earth, and then it's over like one of the stadiums or something like that. That'd be kind of cool. What what Brandon's saying is keep trying. <laughs> yeah. Good job, good effort. Hey, two three out of four ain't bad, right? No, I thought the craziest part was you were gonna try to explain to us how you came up with Star Wars. <laughs> I didn't know. Your Lord it balanced down. out. It balanced out. Well, good. I'm just glad I didn't, you know, just derail this whole podcast because I've been no, I, the... I thought there was some some good funny lines that we could have dropped in there. So well, 
That's why I nope. said no comments because I wanted to get through it and not laugh and cry. And it was well, creative, was really creative. Yeah, that's what makes a good movie. Yep. Plot holes. No, the laugh was. You gotta have something that makes you laugh and cry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a comedy, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it well, depends. I mean, that's why I thought like instead of putting on. Darth Vader's mask. He put on his straw hat with the A on it. I thought that was good. I thought that's good, but that's probably about the only shining shining light of creativity. But you know, now you do have so, to tell me though, how out of the nine Star Wars movies, how many have you actually seen? Uh, I have seen the first six, like the original original three, then the the first three after that. And then one of the random ones that we went to and uh, we had our midnight movie night and uh, a couple of the people we went with fell asleep. I don't even remember. Rogue One, maybe it was. Oh, I don't was that remember. the one we went to? Yeah. Rogue I think One. So. What but, was that so, movie thing, the Too Good to Be True movie deal you guys had a couple years ago? Oh, uh, uh, movie, movie Pass. Pass. Movie Pass. Movie Pass. So, so Reddit needs to get on that, shorten that stock or whatever they did to uh, GameStop. They're already trying to do that with AMC. <laughs> so, I liked AMC wasn't too bad, but MoviePass in the early days before they started realizing how much money they were losing, <laughs> that was a sweet deal. Like, yeah, it it's, it's kind of like the Michael Scott Paper Company. When no one could beat our prices, like yeah, because you're not making money. And they're like, yeah. well, we use the 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 fixed rate, and like you can't use the fixed variable rate there, guy. That's not how you make money. And then like actually, you're losing money. You'll go out of business within a year. It's like, hey, look, Movie Pass. That's uh, like I viewed Movie Pass as like Napster, where like Napster ended up being a failure, but it changed the game forever because after Movie Pass came out. AMC and all these big movie chains had to change everything they did. They had to lower prices. They had to come up with their their own pretty much fast pass uh, to compete with maybe not movie pass, but the next iteration of movie fast that would have been successful. So, uh, so I was are thinking, you telling me that the movie theaters banded together and like said, all right, we're going to just kill our industry and call it the coronavirus. We're going to take ourselves up. down. I always I always think about the the scene in the social network with uh, Justin Timberlake's character where he's the guy who created Napster and he's like yeah uh, the music the music industry won and Justin Timber's, Timberlake's like yeah in court and he's like yeah that's kind of what matters and he's like do you want to buy a Tower Tower Records, Eduardo? And he's like, I changed the game and I changed it forever. That's what Movie Pass you, did, Danny. I I was assuming Andy and Kyle never used Napster. I didn't. I was a LimeWire FrostWire guy. Yep, LimeWire. I used Napster up until the day I logged into my computer and it said, "You have been banned by Metallica." <laughs> and i was like what <laughs> my friend had a cd burner and i really yeah. thought with napster and the cd burner i that was the most 
invincible I ever felt in my entire life. You know, I was just like, what, what can we not do with this great cosmic power? Like it was too much for two people to have. I mean, it really was. That is true. I actually miss making like mixed discs because now using Spotify or whatever else, I have a hard time ever deciding even what to listen to. Like there's like, it's unlimited what I could listen to. And I kind of miss just having a disc with like 12 good songs on it. And you just leave that rolling. You guys ever leave the same CD in your car for like months and it just plays over and over and over again. Then you're like, yeah, I think it's time for something else. And you just burn another another disc, and you, you burn another CD that ends up still having four of the same songs that were just on the CD. We, you know, we've had this conversation I think before, but yeah. there's always there's one song that ended up on every mixed disc I ever made because I would I'd be like, all right, road trip, I'm gonna make a road trip CD or like, uh, you know, just different mixed CDs. But the live version of Jane Says by Jane's Addiction, for some reason, ended up on every mix CD I ever had. It's a really good song, but uh, yeah, it just, that was it. I miss those days a little bit. I don't think I'd go back. I mean, I love, I love Spotify, but. I keep a couple burned CDs in the old truck, like when we go to Valentine in those places where there's not like cell phone coverage yep. and stuff and and radio is like nebraska public radio and what's written in sharpie on those will you tell us what you wrote on them like do, do they have titles um i don't well, you guys do you guys do cool titles on your mix i think one of them says mix one i think one of them says like christmas songs and then uh the other ones i i don't have any more sharpies right now in the office otherwise <laughs> I probably would have some more. So it's kind of a trial and error while driving. Like, no, not that one. Like there's like three or four of them in the glove box. If they're not totally scratched from the loose change and stuff in there. But every once in a while when we're making the trip up North or whatever, and it's like, man, I need, I need something on just for a little bit to get me through this stretch of, we can talk to somebody on the moon, but in, in this very state, I can't uh, get cell phone coverage, you know, from, from one end of the state to the other. It's ridiculous. Oh. I grew Andy, up there. <laughs> Andy, are you too young for uh, burn CDs? No, I, I, I was kind of like my prime. I was like a middle school kid, and that's what you do. Like, hey, I got LimeWire. What song should we put on the CD so that way we can, you know, put it in our more portable boom box and, I don't know, jump on the trampoline. How about pump-up discs? You ever have one that just said pump-up disc? I had one that said Bala. Nice. <laughs> did you, so Danny, did you ever do mixed tapes then? Did you ever have any of that? I absolutely did. Like that was, man, that, that took was some time and patience. Like you just, like me and I, friends, we'd be hanging out waiting for the song to come on the radio and it's like, Oh, and then you'd hit record and get yep. it there. And hopefully the disc jockey guy didn't talk during the beginning of the song or something, you know, and. Yep. I always, I always dreamed of having a cassette player in your vehicle that you could, when a good song comes on, you hit record, but I do. And then after that, it was, you get the, you get the cassette player that has dual cassettes. So you can dub 
you can record one cassette onto the other. Yep. And I would like to throw a shout out to my friend Brian, um, who spent hours and hours and hours making an ultimate Beatles uh, mixed cassette tape. And it was like, like we'd go over to his house and just like hang out and just listen to his, his great uh, Beatles mix that he made. So you know, I definitely did spend a lot of time making. And I think there was a time when you could record from a CD. I had something you could record from a, a CD to a cassette mm -hmm. before I, like a CD burner. So you could actually record songs from your compact discs to your cassette, which seems really weird. You guys ever have a mini disc player? That was I, something that I missed. That was somebody like from my high school had one. Yeah, it, it froze all the time though. Like if it was too cold or something, yeah. you know, it'd skip real bad. But yeah, I knew someone who had one. You could put a ton of songs on those, but that was like just a kind of like the laser disc. It, it, it people thought that was going to be the thing, and it just kind of got skipped over by the next technology. Eventually, people were like, "Dude, we could just put that on anything that's on a USB." We don't have to have a special disc. And then it was right. And that changed it in streaming mm -hmm. online. I actually came up with the idea of online streaming uh, Spotify <laughs> and whatnot before it came out. And I can say like in 1997 and I was in a car with Eric Carlson, Curtis Becker, Randy Ulich and Mitch Bauer. And they were all older than me. I was the youngest one, but they let me hang around with them and uh we were we were cruising around and one day i was like you know what would be really cool is if like instead of satellite tv and the, i was like what if there was like a satellite radio but instead of it being like sirius radio or xm radio or whatever was there at the time i was like it was on demand and you paid a monthly fee and for a monthly fee i had the biggest library in the world you had every song and then you could make a little playlist you could choose what song you want and they they were like that is the greatest idea i ever heard and like we were saying we'd call it ruckus radio and then like on the commercials people would hear all this and they'd be like turn that ruckus down you know and it would be the senior face commercials and then uh one day i was like spotify when you i think it was when you showed me spotify for the first time danny and i was like freaking ruckus radio somehow <laughs> those guys heard our conversation from 1997 and took it so i'm i'm saying i came up with the idea way before them and the i'm saying we better get on these movie ideas pretty quick yeah. before someone else makes them and then we're talking about how that was our idea a long time ago so if anyone has any footage of mike riley walking through embassy suites send it our way so we can start building our documentary all right, as we start to wind down here, like we do 98% of each podcast, gentlemen, extra points. I have Danny. one. I'm also curious about Abdul Muhammad. He had an interesting story uh, growing up where he did. There's the legend that he uh, got shot or something um, and then obviously goes and plays for Nebraska, wins a national championship. I think he's a high school football coach now, so. My extra point is just a, a name thrown out there, Abdul Muhammad. How about you guys? I want to go back to the old uh, Super Bowl. So the math is not a fake subject. Science is not a fake subject because that spreadsheet called out a pretty hev heavily favorable, uh, only a 43% chance that the Chiefs would win. 
And to me, that comes out as a, as a blowout for Tampa Bay. So good job in the name of data science. All right. I don't want to spend a lot of time on my extra points, but we've alluded to this, uh, to this game on previous podcasts, but the Peterson household does a different game on Super Bowl Sundays. There's a bye week, the old air hockey tournament. And so, Brandon, the uh, the Super Bowl, what do you call it? The Super Bowl ring the game? The ringer. Yeah, we the got ringer. the ringer. I forgot about that. Yeah. And so, how'd that come out? Sitting right up on my shelf. The hat trick, third consecutive year in, I think, and it was any one of the people of the family would have won any other year we've had it. So, I think the Petersons are just natural cold weather uh, ringer players. I, it must be the Viking, must be the Viking blood that's coursing through my veins. That just and, and so you had a up. you had a bye week for the air hockey, so that picks up this weekend again, right? Yep, yep. And what's that standing, real quick? Uh, I am number one. There's a little bit of a feud, a little feud in the Peterson household. What, what's what's going on with the feud there? So there's this meaningless line that goes down the <laughs> middle of the of the ring or whatever you call it, the rink. Yet they, yet they still paint the line on. Well, it's just so they can measure where the circle goes for, for that. But the red lines are what matter. The, the red lines matter for offsides. In real hockey, you can pull the goalie. And I, and I made this comment before in a previous week when you were asking my strategy. And I said, sometimes I pull the goalie, which is my hand. And then I go up there and I go a little full court. I go, I go a little extra pressure with the, with the extra attackers, so to speak. And then that leaves a whole open area behind, you know, to where I'm, I'm totally exposed. It's risk reward. And, uh, is never, has never been an issue until, um, I had, you know, little success. And then, uh, you know, sometimes when you point the finger, there's three more pointing back. All right. And I'm just trying to say this just loud enough so the mic can hear it and it doesn't go beyond this door, but, uh, <laughs> Anyway, uh, you know, sometimes sometimes that happens. And uh, we did take a vote among the league teams. And uh, Team Maddie and Team Daddy were, uh, were in unison on this. And Maddie said, there's nothing wrong with it. She's like, if Dad tries to do it to me, I have an easy score behind him probably. And that's the competitive spirit that, that I like, you know. But So when you play table tennis, do you go stand on, like, the side of the table so that you can reach over the net better? No, but if that, my arm if be... my arm could reach all the way there, I don't know. I'd have to think. I don't play a lot of table tennis, so uh, I'd have to think about it. I, I can't state that, but I'm going to say, uh, as far as the hockey goes, you can you can pull your goalie, bring in an extra defender, and then have have uh, an extra person up there, and that's basically what I'm doing. The ri- the risk is you have no goalie back there, leaving yourself for a shot. So. You're basically saying it's not talent. It's just that you have longer arms than your opponents. Well, that stuff doesn't matter. So uh, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's what's inside. It's what's inside that counts. What's in the heart, you know? So you play. Hey, congratulations, man. You got the heart of a champion. Thank you. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen. I'm all flustered now. Now I can't even sleep tonight. <laughs> Might as well record another episode. I tell you what, make sure wake you... up in the middle of the night, write down <laughs> yep. all the things. I'm going to write some stuff down. I was going to say, make sure yeah, you have your notebook. Blow your freaking minds. 
<laughs> and I'll be like, oh, this substance that's candy that you can keep chewing forever. Yeah. And then the next morning I'll be like, God dang it, gum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, be like Brandon. Dominate in the ringer game. Dominate over your wife and kids in air hockey. But most importantly, sing second. Sing second.